not a warrior crusader, but a pilgrim who is in need, who encounters a thousand spiritual dangers. And the ministry of the church is aimed to help that. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's, let's herald Jesus and yep. let's love each other and let's invite others in to taste and see that Christ is in fact a savior mm-hmm. and that he's good. Yeah, I, sound doctrine and a proper understanding of scripture creates real joy and real um, assurance and rest in a restless world. Yeah, what, um, and it gives what, hope. Yeah. yeah, what I love about the scripture, when you start understanding rest in Christ and you understand the difference between an alien life and the life to come, mm-hmm. this, to use Paul's language, we're an alien. Uh, I'm preaching through James, just thinking about James. James is dealing with the massive um, economic differences. You have people yeah. who are really poor, people who are really rich, yeah. and they're feeling it. They're feeling that like, almost that FOMO of mm-hmm. I'm missing out because I don't have like what these other people have. Yeah. And you can do the very thing that James warns you do not do, where you start to pursue the life and it says, literally, they will fade away in their pursuit. This is what he says in James 1. They will fade away in, like the flower in the desert that is scorched by the sun. So will the person fade away if they pursue significance in wealth. And this is, um, James, you know what he says, the, the solution to this. He says, let the lowly boast in their exaltation. What exaltation? It's not earthly exaltation. Where is this? This is the kingdom that is to come, right? Correct. He's talking about exaltation your, in Christ. That's right. He's talking about you going from enemy to adopted child, from ex- absolutely bankrupt and owing everything to the Father to absolutely declared righteous. And the perspective is. You have to see yourself as God sees you, but you can't see yourself as God sees you if you're always looking at your life from an earthly perspective. This is why Paul could say in prison after being beaten and shipwrecked and his life is just towards the end of his life is not well. He says, I can be content. And his contentment is not in his circumstances. He's not saying, see, I can be poor and be content. That's not what he means. He hated that situation. As a matter of fact, he even offered to be relieved from it with the whole thorn oh. in the flesh. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's nothing, there, God is not sadistic in saying, in the midst of pain, you need to be over there happy and, and laughing. Yeah. No, you, you can cry. Love. Teach you yourself can cry. to love pain. That's right. Yeah, no. You can cry and mourn and weep and long. It says our bodies are groaning for the relief that is coming. The contentment is this. You aren't missing out hey, on anything. The contentment is an otherworldly perspective. That's right. I have everything I need in Christ. It's waiting to be. I'm waiting for that final resurrection. He who started this work in me will complete it. Amen. It's a perfect work. It's it's planned sovereignly before the world began. He he promised it would be there. So Paul says Paul can say, you know what? It doesn't matter whatever circumstance this life gives me. I can be content because I know what's coming. And that I've, I've had to have this conversation with someone recently where, you know, they were struggling to obey the word content in scripture. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey brother, it's okay to be upset about the loss and pain and yeah. suffering and cancer. That that's not where you should find contentment. That's not what he means. Right. It's okay to go, man, this is not cool. This is not great. I don't like this, but I'm not missing out this world. I'm not missing out on anything because this world can't give me what Christ yeah. can give me. And that's where contentment is found. It, and it, that can only happen if you're grounded in scripture. Amen. Grounded in scripture, grounded in sound doctrine about Christ 
and what he has secured for us, which finds its culmination in the bodily resurrection at the end of history that we will mm-hmm. go through. We will be raised incorruptible and perishable. We will live with the Lord and we'll live mm-hmm. with each other. And yeah, I mean, that's the hope to which we've been called, right? Two thoughts from me, and I know we're getting close to needing to, to land this plane in the regular mm-hmm. portion of the show. All right, thought number one, they're not directly related. What, the second one is related to Paul, which you were just talking about. First one, I think one of the things that we want to do regularly in trying to think about hope and even contentment, uh, peace, joy, any of these things, is as a church on the Lord's day, we together are calling one another and are being called by the preacher and are being called even in the sacraments and the songs and the prayers to behold the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, to go back to the C.S. Lewis quote that you know, Diggory, the child, as he's walking around London and he's looking at everything and how it's very ordinary and unmagical, he dared to, he hardly dared to hope. Mm-hmm. And then, but when he remembered the face of Aslan, he did hope. Amen. That's what is true for us. Like, how, how are we going to have hope as believers? Mm-hmm. What, we're going to behold the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to remember Christ. We're going to look to Christ and what he's done for us. And so how do you do that most effectively in this life? How do you do that most poignantly in this life? We do it together. We do it on the Lord's day when we gather and assemble and we consider the Lord Jesus and what he's done for us. So that's mm-hmm. thought number one. So I think that's helpful in in trying to pursue hope and joy and peace and rest in this life that is often characterized by anything but that. Second thought from me, you were talking about the Apostle Paul and good observations on contentment and what it means. I think we both agree completely. It's an otherworldly perspective that would give you contentment in the midst of pain. Pain is not good. It sucks. But the other world, the world that's coming and the promises of God in Christ uh, give us perspective. Sometimes people will say that if you're too heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. Hmm. And I disagree with that statement. Yeah, uh, I know the elders of our church disagree with that statement. I know you disagree with that statement, John. I trust mm-hmm. your elders disagree with that statement. We actually are advocating something different where it's like, no, actually to be incredibly heavenly minded, to be oriented on the world to come, may God give us grace and faith to live that way. We actually will be all kinds of earthly good. That's right. Because we're prepared then to give our lives away in love toward our neighbor who desperately needs our good works. You know, our brothers and sisters desperately need our love, our care, our prayers, our affection, our ministry, right? Other people need that from us. And having this otherworldly, heavenly perspective frees a person up to say, yeah, it's worth it for me to spend my life seeking to love other people because it's not today we eat and drink and tomorrow we dine. But in fact, there is something greater awaiting us. And Paul would say it in these ways, that for himself, it would be better that he would die, you know, because he would be with Christ. Mm. But for your sake, he says, it's better that I live. And I think this is what he means. We don't, you know, sometimes people just abuse verses like that. And then they're like, you know, we need to just be prepared to die for Jesus. And it's like, okay, well, sure. And I trust the Lord will give grace in that moment. Should we be called to that? He's given grace to his people through history, but that's not the point of what Paul's saying. The point of what Paul is saying is that, hey, for me personally, guys, it would be better to just be with the Lord. But it's better for you that I stay because the Lord is using me in your lives. That's not arrogant. That's a godly, otherworldly posture that we all ought to have. Like, it's better that I be here so that I can love and minister to other people. Mm. And that's what a heavenly, otherworldly perspective 
frees us up, and I would dare say propels us in doing. It helps us minister to and, and love others better. Mm. So, I mean, just to going back to that illustration or as we close the show down, uh, I, I can't help but think of Hebrews 12, it says, you know, looking unto Jesus, laying yeah, aside no. the weight and sin. So it's so those easily things, entangles, yeah. Mm-hmm, those things that distract us. So, you know, Paul says they may not be sinful, but are they helpful? Are they really yeah. helping us focus in on Christ? I would even mm, think yeah, of 1 John. Mm-hmm. 1 John, when he says, see what kind of, 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. Mm. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the hope to come. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. The point of it is, is that what's motivating them to stay focused on what matters and live a life of purpose and to live a life that's reflective and glorifying to God. He's talking about the hope of Christ, that which is to come. I mean, it's a perfect, I mean, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis, um, I'm so thankful for him. And at the same time, I get angry at him because sure. he wrote some amazing things and he, and wrote, he wrote some, some things and I'm like, stuff. Yeah. I was like, why did you write that? And he's such uh, a good writer that the bad things he wrote sound great. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, but in, in the word pictures, he is able to, bring. I mean, there's also, there's just so many uh, just wonderful pictures, but sure. the point of it, it was this, is that the focus of the Christian life needs to be outside of ourselves on Christ where we yeah. find our hope. Yeah. I will walk, I'll, I'll leave us with this one last thought. The reason why we did this entire episode is that we want to convince you that it's not a waste of time to ground yourself in the doctrine and understanding of Christ because the end result should be hope and joy, rest, hope, and joy. And if your Christian experience has leading you to anxiety Mm -hmm. and fear and no rest, then our argument would be- And a focus on yourself. Right. I think a focus on yourself is always going to leave you anxious and without assurance. Always. Totally. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, Unless you're deluded. That's right. we we take the I'll, I'll close with this statement. Yeah. We take the greatest comfort from our Savior, who says, "Coming to Him should lead rest to your soul." Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then something's wrong, and we need to correct that. And I think the confessional and creeds are ways to guide us into that rest. We should use them, and definitely be at a church that will guide you to rest in Christ. Now, we are definitely not done with this conversation. We have more to do. Every week, Justin and I do a second podcast. We love this podcast. Uh, it is unscripted, it is wild and crazy, and it is fun. <laughs> I don't know about wild and crazy, but it's fun. Well, sometimes, sometimes you definitely get wild in there. Oh I'm just gosh. playing around. <laughs> wild amongst two pastors is, uh, yeah. you know, we might raise our voice a little Let bit. Let the hearer understand. <laughs> it's called Semper Reformanda. The reason why we get excited about this podcast, it's where we talk about how to continue this reformation. We mm-hmm. set up the subject, we give you a lot of great hope, and then this is um, battle, battle plans. This is where we go to talk about how does this happen? Where do we make this shift? And how do we continue what was started 500 years ago in recovering the glorious grace of the gospel? Uh, this is for our members. It's a private podcast that we do. So if you'd like to know more about this and joining our community where we have online and local groups that meet, we have a, our own personal app, our Simple Reformon app on Android and Apple. All of that good stuff is available at our website at theocast.org. Go get our new books, or I should say remade new books. And... Um, 
I'm excited. Come join us in the Facebook group. I don't know where else. Just engage with us. We're excited for to have you here. If you're new, get our free ebook. You can get that at theocast.org slash primer. We'll see you next week.